Hey, and welcome to the HA Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, the host of this podcast, the founder of the HA Society, and an HA recovery coach who has walked wherever you currently are. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. I would love it if you could rate and review this podcast, five stars only, to help make this podcast easier for other women with HA to find it. And last thing, nothing from this show should be taken as medical advice. Please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at, whether you have HA you've got a few recovery periods we have your back and we're all your new best friends so come and meet us at the hasociety.com forward slash join that's the hasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey there today's episode is a fun one This is actually a recording from one of the community calls that we have inside of the HA Society. So every week we have two or so calls, community calls, run by either myself or Coach Ashley. We have another amazing community coach, um, Elise. And we basically get together as a group, as a community on Zoom, and we talk it out. We talk out different things about HA, about life about all the things standing in our way and I really loved this particular recording so I record every episode and I upload it inside of the HA Society so people who couldn't make it can listen back to it like a podcast episode kind of like you're about to do now and I love this episode because we dive into something that I've always been super curious about which is like how your childhood and your need to be productive are standing in your way of recovery. So this is a really candid conversation. In fact, I even, I forget to press record at the very beginning. So we're going to dive straight into one of our members kind of talking about her experiences. Uh, the girls in the group will know I always forget to press record at the beginning. So that that's that tracks. But 
I still think that you guys listening through this and hearing other people talk about their experiences, like a group of girls with HA kind of connecting the dots together and the similarities in their different situations, I think it's going to help you see the same in your own. So I hope that you enjoy this. Let me know if you like hearing these kind of community call recordings and I'll sprinkle some more of them into the podcast or you could always join the HA Society. Just so happens that it's actually open today and you can join these calls yourself and participate and answer or just listen in or just come and binge all of the replays. Whatever you want to do if you're highly active in groups or if you're a lurker, you're welcome to come and join us in these very conversations. So we're open today and we close in a few days. The last day that we're open is the 9th. Head to thehasociety.com, join our membership. It's month to month. You can cancel any time. And inside of there, you'll get access to calls just like this. You'll get access directly to me or really everyone in the group. You can chat in the DMs. And a bunch of the girls have basically found their accountability buddy, their, their person who they can check in with at any time and they can chat through the platform. We have events with practitioners in there. So people come in and talk more in depth about appropriate lab testing for HA or how to just take care of yourself mentally, physically. We have body image talks and we've had these with some really amazing people like Kaylee McDevitt, registered dietitian, Laura Lyons, um, Holly Dunn. A lot of you guys have worked with those ladies just because you heard them on the show here. Super cool. So come on in and you can interact with all, all of them in there. And we have a few modules about um, just to help you onboard into HA, like a crash course in HA. You can go through and watch all of the modules on that and basically hit the ground running with your recovery, get all the support you need and make a bunch of really badass friends along the way. Okay, guys, come and join us and yeah, enjoy this show. Um, When I was little, I was like a very like, I spent a lot of time alone as a kid just because like no I had no friends that lived in the neighborhood and like my siblings were always older so I spent a lot of time just like reading and like going outside and like exploring and just being like just allowing myself to just be curious about whatever I wanted to be curious about um when I got to middle school I used to make like YouTube videos and I spent a lot of time like editing those I used to make a lot of art too um but now I don't really have a lot of time for that because I'm in college but I really miss that I also miss playing with my stuffed animals I would like set Mm. them up like I was like teaching them and then I would like make up little scenarios with them I don't know yes yes me too (laughs) Jen so mine um is similar to other people's it's the food freedom piece you know when I was a kid um, I didn't really care. I mean, I ate even like as a young teenager, I mean, I would have junk for lunch and didn't even fathom, you know, it didn't bother me at all. Um, and yeah, I would go out to fast food with my parents and I would eat the fries and the hamburger as a little kid and loved it. And there was no guilt. There was no thought afterwards. There was, you know, and that's what I missed. Yeah. Isn't it not weird to think back at times when you ate completely free of any feelings attached to it? It's hard. It's hard to imagine a world. Um, Marin. Hi. Um, when you were asking the question, the first thing that came into my mind was the weekends um, that I spent basically all day in my PJs, um, eating cereal with my brother in the morning and then watching some cartoons on the TV and just, as many of you said already, just playing and being carefree and not worrying about anything, not worrying about tomorrow or Monday, not worrying about food, just being there in the moment. And that's something I really miss. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cool. I love these answers. At the end, I'm going to ask another question about for people to chime in about like, well, what are actually the things that make it, that make this impossible? 
So think about those answers too while we while we talk about that. And it can be everything from logistical to mental. And I want to dive into them. Um, how about Abby? Um, so yeah, mine's much the same to everyone else's really, but um I just think like I miss playing on with on the Sims with my brother and the trampoline, like after dinner, we'd just go on the trampoline and bounce around and mum would always be like, you know, get down, you're gonna give yourself stomach cake and all this. And like, never did, but it's just like not worrying. I can, I never remember a moment where I was like thinking about food or like, or what I ate or, I just never thought about it. And then the, you know, someone was always making the decision for you. So, you know, it'd be your mom, that like you'd, you'd never think about it. I'd, um, I, I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of responsibility taken off your shoulders for sure Liv okay so honestly what everyone said like I 100% agree with especially the food aspect and I know I'm like repeating what everyone else is saying but it's just like the aspect of food freedom with not only the food that I was eating but like the timing so I wouldn't even care what time it was like I ate whatever I wanted to eat like regardless of the time, which I'm a lot better at now, obviously through recovery, I've learned a lot. Um, and hockey was a part of my life growing up. So I really, I really miss hockey a lot. So yeah, I would say just like no responsibilities, freedom with food and hockey. Hockey. I, that's right. You're in America. Uh, you're in Canada. It's all making sense. Anna. Oh, there's two Annas. <laughs> oh yeah, and hey Anna, oh, we've met. This, I didn't know. I didn't realize that we've met. Um, yeah, A and A Anna. Oh, um, good morning, everyone. Um, I think what I miss the most is not knowing certain words. Like I didn't know what deadlines meant, stress, carbs, all those things. So I didn't have to worry about all that. Um, and just being able to. I don't know, not worry about like certain things the next day. It was just within the moment, like what everyone else said. Yep, makes perfect sense. Caitlin. Yeah, mine is similar to like being in the moment. I feel like now I have a perpetual to-do list. And even when I take a break, like it's hard not to feel guilty for taking a break. Um, so I just miss being able to spend a whole weekend doing like absolutely nothing and just not thinking about anything else and just enjoying life and then picking back up on Monday. Now I, mm -hmm. it's hard to do that now. Yeah. That reminds me that I would spend like all of Saturday morning from wake up to like noon, just watching the Simpsons. And like no, that makes every one of us just cringe. <laughs> okay. Anna, double N Anna. Yeah. Um, I miss the food freedom as well and mm, singing all the time and inventing songs and singing with other people around the fire or so <laughs> yeah that was really nice and the cool thing is that I'm I would really like to take um, classes again and singing awesome. and yeah and I think I'm going to do that. Very whimsical Soon. sounding childhood. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Um, Ashley? I actually enjoy trying to guess what the original question is. Something about <laughs> childhood and something that you miss, right? Am I on it? You're getting very good. Uh, what do I miss about my childhood? Um, man, I miss playing just softball tournaments and crushing french onion dip out in the sun and like snow cones <laughs> like that's what I miss I miss just like playing ball like all the time and that was like the only concern of my life was like did I have my uniform <laughs> and it wasn't the right color you know what I mean um <laughs> yeah so probably yeah. like did, did mom have my uniform <laughs> yeah um lily welcome back 
Thank you. Sorry, I'm like eating a lot right now. Um, I just got off work, so I'm just very hungry. So excuse that if you see that. Um, I miss kind of like what you were saying, Danny. I would play with my cousins a lot, and we did a lot of things with dolls, and we would just like for weekends on end or like in the summer for days on end, we just have this whole like world of dolls and there was like yeah the school like the mall all these things all their houses yeah. it would just like take over a whole house um and I just like realized I just I've been like with them a lot more recently these days and we just like look back on those times with a lot of like fondness and we just had such little worries and I realize now how many more worries I have in my life and how much I like focus on that yeah yeah it's unfair so fun emma hello um yeah i would say the first thing that came to mind was horses um i used to spend all weekend at the stables um and just loved that um and the second thing was the genuine um genuine belief that one day I would fly a fly oh yeah yeah Um, I genuinely thought that that would happen um as long as I believed hard enough and it's sad that that's never actually happened yet (laughs) well I love it and extremely jealous of the horse the horse situation growing up yeah, it's my one regret. Um, uh, Melissa, uh, I miss not like worrying about what I was going to do all day. Like I would wake up and just do whatever I wanted to, and it didn't matter. You know, like now I feel like I have to have a plan for every you know hour of the day, and before I didn't have to. So, yeah, that's fair. Every hour of the day must be accounted for in a highly productive manner. I get it. Um, skipping Susie, skipping Zoe, Dinky. Hello. Um, yeah, what I miss most, I think, is being in my body and appreciating life from my body. Um, being friends with my body. I I remember that I was uh, a lot into gymnastics and feeling a very powerful body. And um, well, the last couple of years were in a fight with my body, so. Um, I think that's what I miss most. Also the freedom around food, uh, being able to eat what I want, um, being scared of like getting, uh, yeah, getting bad news from the dentist instead of gaining all the weight. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's main parts for me. Love it, I love it. Thank you so much. Um, Petra, are you there? might not be okay she's on the train can't talk skipping Erin Sarah can y'all hear me okay uh-huh um I would say um well by the way we're painting I don't know if you guys can see me right now <laughs> either but um yeah um I would say probably um just like playfulness and imagination. Um, I know my little brother used to like make up stories about everything. Um, and we were spying on people or we were like on a like secret mission and stuff like that. So it's that always really fun. Yeah. Imagination, a lot of them imagination. Okay. And then uh-huh. and Natasha just joined us. Natasha, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hey. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm late. No, that's okay. I'm just gonna tell you what the question was, and then you can go oh, yeah, last. Please. Yeah. So it's just, what do you miss about childhood? Okay. Am I, am I going now? Am I? Hello. Sorry, the Hello. connection's really bad. Okay. We can, we can skip you until you come back and you let me know when you're back um, or when you can hear everything. Yeah, I can hear, I can hear you now. Um, so what, um, what I miss about childhood is that? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I think probably maybe like everyone else, like just being free in your body um, and um, getting into a swimming costume. <laughs> That's what I missed about childhood. Um, and having dreams, I think. Um, as I've got older, I've kind of stopped dreaming. Um, so yeah, that would probably be it. Wow. Do you mean dreams as in like ambitions and life yeah, goals and stuff? Um, yeah. yeah, definitely ambitions. Um, I think for me personally, a lot of mental health stuff and um, an eating disorder has kind of um, hindered a lot of that. Um, and because of the long journey, it, I think it's just kind of dampened the um, optimism. But I'm still optimistic, but I think, um, yeah, the the big dreams I had when I was younger and I would imagine myself on stage and things like that um, have kind of waned a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Relatable stuff from everyone. So like I said at the beginning, this is a really good conversation because it's one of the main things that is missing from our lives just a little bit as adults. And we're just full of things like, you know, what Caitlin said about having a large to-do list of things that you, a few people said that. So all these things you need to get done and filling every, every hour of the day, like Melissa said, hands up to like go first and share here on what are some reasons that you, you have, or stories that you tell yourself. So real, not real, whatever that actually make this stuff impossible and obviously we're not going to play with dolls that much I like tried it later in life to see if I liked it it didn't work so don't even bother but you know what I mean like how can you remove or why can you not remove some of the the things that you have going on that stop you from just like being free uh Marin Yeah, um, for me, it was just spending the weekend doing whatever I want and not worrying about anything, really. That's really what I miss. And um, now I, I don't live at home anymore. And since I've moved out, I constantly feel like, oh, I need to clean my kitchen. I need to do my laundry. I, um, I have to go food shopping. I have all these things. I now have to take care of this apartment and be an adult and my weekends can't can't be spent like they used to because my parents never did that and so I, I shouldn't and that's really what I tell myself um, and since starting recovery I really try to um, at least in the morning when I first wake up take a couple of hours maybe two or one and a half to just actually stay in bed and read something whatever really interests me and have my breakfast and have a coffee afterwards and just relaxing and taking the weekend slow at least the first couple of hours and then usually it starts really yeah getting along and I start thinking about all the things I should be doing and I kind of forget about the first couple of hours but every weekend I do that again and I think that's helping me a little bit at least. Yeah, does having just that time in the morning feel sufficient or do you wish that you could take it into the whole day? I definitely would wish to take it into the whole day and also not stress about things I do stress about and not attaching my worth worthiness basically about how much I have done in a day because there's almost always so much guilt about just sitting on a sofa or staying in bed or going to bed earlier and not finishing my to-do list for the day. And I would wish to just keep going with the first two hours where I like kind of removed the guilt from it because I've allowed myself the time. And I also reason it with recovery that that's a good thing. And I would love to just continue that, that the guilt gets less and I honor yeah, my needs for a peaceful weekend, basically. Does that make yeah. sense? I don't know. I like that a lot. I think that makes sense to pretty much everyone. Um, 
a lot of us are really good at, at setting aside that one hour, like, oh, self-care, I'll do an hour of reading in bed or something. And then uh, we, we got to get up <laughs> and we got to like clean the kitchen or whatever. So it's a tough one to, to get the whole day. That sounds like a pretty cool goal. Um, Katie, do you have your hand up again? Or is that from the last time? It's up. Yeah, it's up. Let's go. What's um, up? Yeah. So mine again was, I guess, missing the freedom and to like not worry, like being with my cousins and getting what I wanted and not thinking about what I was going to order or wanting to look at a menu or something before you go and just having that freedom. And I think what's holding me back, and I don't know if it holds anybody else back, but constantly thinking that like, you know, you know, I have to look a certain way and you want to look a certain way. And well, you know, well, if I do this, then I might have to like, you know, I might want to do more of activity of some sort or something. And if I have that, well, then I shouldn't eat that later or something. And it's like this constant battle in your head, like the mental thoughts, like you had mentioned, and you just feel like you can never be free um, because you feel chained to it. And I think for me, I had lost a significant amount of weight. So in my head, it's like, oh, like I lost a bunch of weight. Like I have to maintain it. And if I don't, like, what are people going to think? Yeah. So that, that's the big thing that stands in your way of making the changes. Like what are other people going to think? Yeah. Like if I'm not the, if I'm not the girl anymore who has lost a significant amount of weight or like, oh, did she like, you know, what happened? She's not, you know, as active as she was before. And yeah. Yeah. What does your like monkey irrational brain say or feel or think about that? So what someone thinks, oh, she gained weight and she's like, let herself go in the worst possible way. What are you feeling or thinking? Um, thought comes up. I think then it comes back to me and I'm like, then I push myself and I'm like, okay, like, but I like want to, you know, exercise or I want to eat a certain way. And I like, then it comes back to me. And then I, it's like, I tell myself like in recovery, I'm like, okay, don't do it. Don't do it. Like try to fight it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have been successful some days, but then other days it's, it's very hard. Like my mental will then take over. Um, and, but if they think that way about me, I mean, again, I think they won't think that way about me, but in my head, I think they will. So it comes back to me in the end, because, you know, I don't think anybody's like, has as harsh of an outlook on yourself as you do. Like, of course I view myself a lot harder and I expect a lot from myself and, you know, I don't think anybody else is going to project that onto me, but my mind tells me they will. Yeah. Or it's almost like whatever, it doesn't matter if they project it or not. We just don't want them thinking that shit about us. Mm -hmm. um, what does your rational mind actually tell you on the, the days that you're successfully pushing back on those thoughts? Um yeah, um, like today was pretty successful. So I guess like what was going through my mind is like, I'm not perfect, I'm going to make mistakes. And I don't have to, you know, do a certain amount of activity in a day or eat a certain way every day and be a certain way and get everything done on my to do list. Like it doesn't make me less of a person. And if okay, it's Saturday, I rest a little bit more than I normally do good, like I deserve it. And that made me yeah. successful today. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you for sharing. Haley. Um, so I don't know if any of you get, well, a lot of you can probably relate to this, but I think like a lot of it has to do with the fact that like all my classes are online and I know some of you probably work from home right now and it's like making my bedroom space and my, um, like school space, the same space makes me like constantly feel like I don't have a home space and like I have to be productive all the time and that especially with school I'm like if I allow myself to lay down I'm like well I could get ahead in my classes like oh I could do this like and also I this is my first apartment I've ever lived in like on my own so it's also feeling like oh I have this free time I could also clean kind of like relating back to what Marin said um and before the pandemic I didn't even think about um my inner child like at all but then over the course like through recovery and like all these things like all, just being in my own head all the time I it just makes me like reconsider like why don't I have time for those things so I try to be better about like allowing myself like 
you know, like an hour of like drawing time, but still it's like stressful that I'm like, oh, I have to squeeze in time to like be creative or do things that I want to do when like it shouldn't be that because it just adds stress. Mm -hmm. I relate to everything you just said. <laughs> I'm trying to get everything in and there's like, if there's a spare moment, well, you could just get this thing done. That's really a really hard habit to break. Most definitely. Yeah. And I find that it's like, I channel a lot of my anxiety through like being productive. Um, mm -hmm. Just cause like, sometimes I feel like going outside and like doing things almost feels like unsafe and bad because of the pandemic. So I also, I just feel like I'm like in like a weird, like little like productivity hole. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Live. Um, I was actually going to go back to Katie for a second. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago because my dietitian professor told me in school and it like really resonated with me because when I started recovery, it was the same thing for me. Like I went from someone who was a thick chick um, where like all my boyfriend's friends called me um, like the girl with abs and stuff like that, which like I'm not anymore. And that's okay though. It's okay. But um, so that was really hard for me at the beginning of recovery to really like understand that, you know, I am not going to be the same identity that I was before. So I was talking to one of my professors and she said to me, like, it's kind of morbid, but when you do pass away, do you want your obituary to be about the weight you were at and the foods that you were eating? And it really stuck with me because I was like, no. And she's like, well, what does that tell you? Right. Um, so I want to throw that out there because I thought that might be like a little bit helpful. Um, but aside from that, I was going to say for me right now, my biggest struggle, because I'm pretty much like I've understood what my food rules were. And ever since I started recovery, I told myself like, from now on, I'm going to really target all my food rules and get past them. Like, this is what I got to do to grow. And I have, um, it's the fact that like, I want to be getting back into sports and I want to be going to do stuff, but it's hard because like, I'm still in recovery and I need to understand like my body needs to rest. Um, so it's knowing that when I'm done, like when, when I'm finally back to getting my period and everything like that, that, you know, I will be able to go play sports and be more active. So right now it's just like waiting it out and taking time like that. So that's the one thing really holding me back. So yeah. What is it about cool. sports that you just like love so much? I think it's the fact that like me and my boyfriend, we're both very active individuals. Like in terms of we we just love to play sports together. We love it. We go and we we would play like hockey. We would go outside and we would play football with his with his friends. We would go outside and play basketball. We would play soccer. And it was a way of just like getting everyone together and having a lot of fun. It was way more than like, you know, I miss that more than even the gym right now. Like to me, I love lifting weights, but I miss that more than even lifting weights right now. And it wasn't even about like, oh yeah, I'm being physically fit. It was like how much fun it was just like playing sports with other people. And yeah. So I, I would say that's like the biggest thing. Yeah. And do you think that you'll probably be able to get back to doing that? Oh yeah. I know I will. I know. It's just, it's hard right now. And like when you relate, you know, the duration of hard recovery that you have to do to the rest of your life, it's so little, it's, it's not that long. It just feels long in the moment, you know? So Oh yeah. I mean, when that, that like productivity mindset almost jumps into and you're not able to do this thing that you need to be getting in. Yeah. Which is sport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And last question, do you think that, um, that it was like the sport and, and that activity that was kind of like the problem or actually the gym and the dieting and everything that kind of went around it oh the gym and the dieting a hundred percent like that was that's a huge part of what brought me here for five years right so mm -hmm. yeah I just I just know with the sports it's something that I also missed out on because I was so like I I, I was able to do it but because I was so determined with diet 
and the gym that I missed out on playing you know sports with other people and my boyfriend and his friends because I would be like oh no I can't because I would know that they would be hanging out after and eating food that didn't fit or like Mm -hmm. anything like that so it's a fact that I'm looking now and I'm like oh my god like I miss that so much and now I want to start it but I can't right now which Mm -hmm. is okay but it's just it's the patience yes it's Mm -hmm. patience for us all Mm -hmm. this episode is brought to you by vital proteins I have been a collagen freak for ages and I started off making my own bone broth because I could not find a collagen supplement that I actually liked. I started taking collagen early in my HA recovery and no, it's not going to return your period, but it is going to support you along the way. As I was learning about how to optimize my health and my skin and how to return my cycle, all of the things, it became apparent that in the past... I had been exclusively eating like lean meats, avoiding the fattier cuts, avoiding meat on the bone, avoiding eating enough animal protein or animal products in general. And all of those things bring important vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that are really important for fertility. And one of those things was collagen, and it's the most abundant protein in your body. And it has an important role like it provides structure to your skin and it helps your blood clot it's one of the major building blocks of your bones and your skin and your muscles and your tendons and your ligaments it's also found in many other body parts like blood vessels and your corneas and your teeth so you can kind of think of it like the glue that holds all of these things in our body together When I started taking collagen and drinking bone broth and all of that good stuff, I started noticing um, a huge improvement in my skin and my hair and my nails. Like That was the first thing I noticed. And that's because collagen stimulates cells that boost the production of new collagen to support healthy hair, nails, and skin, as well as boost the production of new collagen to support healthy bones and joints and muscles and tendons, which we all know is really important right now, especially if we have been missing our cycle for a bit. Making my bone broth got really tiring as much as I love it, especially in the summer. I did not want to be cooking this big pot of soup every week for hours and like dealing with this animal, this like chicken carcass. And it was all of a a lot of work. So I was really excited when I finally found Vital Proteins. Today, they have a bunch of products and I love them. And I take the collagen peptide powder. So each serve of Vital Proteins, it depends, they have lots of different products, but the one I take, it has a serve of 20 grams of of collagen, 100% of my daily value of vitamin C, which is an important vitamin antioxidant that can help promote the production of your own of collagen inside of your skin, which is, you know, really good for your skin. So it comes in a powder form, which I love because it dissolves in either hot or cold liquids. So coffees and smoothies. And I actually mix mine into my yogurt bowl each morning. So I'm having plenty of fats from that, like fats from the yogurt and carbs from all of the fruit and the goodies that I put on it and then protein also from the dairy but adding in the collagen just helps boost it up and get me more of what I've been missing for quite some time so add some vital proteins collagen to your day head to vitalproteins.thehasociety.com or head to the link in the show notes and shop their whole range to find a collagen addition that works for you If you subscribe to their mailing list, you'll get 25% off your very first order. And if you stay subscribed, you continue to receive 15% off. So it's definitely worth checking out. And they do ship internationally. Head to vitalproteins.thasociety.com or go to the link in the show notes. Ashley. I think this this, this would just be a question for everybody you know just to kind of think about as like we all ponder right because I just sat here and I was like oh my gosh um so we're all pretty like I'm not gonna say addicted because that's a pretty pretty trapped in word and I do not believe that of us we're all um very much infatuated with being 
like effective and productive, right? We're just like, man, my to-do list, I get so much satisfaction when I cross those off. I'm, you know what I mean? I love knocking things out, all these things, right? But obviously it's stealing this, this, um, this ability to rest. However, I guess my question would be, are you being the most effective person at recovery? Or has our like productivity effectiveness like now become selective? You know what I mean? So 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 if like we were to play into this productivity thing, are we being the most effective person recovering? Meaning like, am I like, yeah, I am gonna rest. Like, yeah, I am gonna eat. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's interesting and like obviously like like Danny and I have both been in like quasi like recovery being like ah, I'm gonna be effective on my to-do list but I'm not going to <laughs> you know what I mean uh, because think about um, man like like the most productive thing that we could ever do right now is rest and eat right and um but yet like we're chasing other things. So I just find that super interesting about myself. You know what I mean? Especially about that season of like, am I the most re- like effective person in recovery? So just a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of us have this story that recovery is actually super ineffective. Right. Um, <laughs> and right? Not, not productive whatsoever. <laughs> Or that like rest is so ineffective, but it's like, it's the most effective thing. Like, like there's nothing else you could do that's more effective other than eating more. Like, like no other thing could ever be any more productive or effective. So yeah. Uh, Permission. Actually, I love this idea of y'all just lying on your couch with a book or something. And (laughs) when someone comes out into the room and asks you what you do, what you're doing, you're just being productive. I'm the most productive person right now. Like, ask my ovaries. Like, I'm I am busy right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm very busy. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I want to see like pictures Important of people work. being productive. I'd love to see some pictures of people being productive, doing sweet. Oh, we so. should do that for the gram. <sighs> do it for the gram. I need you guys to tag us, and and then like you're most of most productive HA moment like this week. Like that would be, that would make my heart very happy. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's awesome. Kirsten. Oh, that's good. Kirsten. Sorry, a child was demanding my attention. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so like thinking about productivity, I would say that definitely like my impulse to be productive was like the highest, the most, like the worst, the most dysfunctional, like when my HA was like peak, you know what I mean? Like there was a strong correlation between a need to be constantly doing something and with the anxiety and all the other emotions that the HA kind of brought out. So like at the end of last year, which is when it was like the worst in like November and December, I, it was like, I can't even sit down. Like, I can't do anything. Like, even at Christmas time, it was like, okay, move, move, move. And like, it was all like such a cycle, right? So it was like, okay, I'm up a thousand times a night because I have to pee a million times because I don't know why. And then I know it's the AJ now, but like, okay, I'm up this many times. I can't sleep. I'm going to have to work out anyway. Oh, I had to get up to pee. It's three in the morning. I'll just get up and start my workout. Like ridiculous things like that. And then I was doing like the intermittent fasting. So it was like, I was up for hours and hours and hours and hours before I was eating. And so I think a lot of the being productive was distracting myself to, from the fact that I was hungry, right? So it's like, oh, you're hungry? No, we're gonna go like like compulsively clean the closet. No, you're hungry? No, you're gonna go like back in a room. You're hungry? No, you're gonna go like obsessively clean this thing or do this, like leave the house and go do this thing. So like, it was like a snowball effect. Like it was like one thing led to another thing led to another thing. And then as I slowly removed those sort of negative habits and, you know, got rid of the intermittent fasting first and then added calories and then rested more. And then the HA started getting better. It was like that need to be compulsively productive went down and down and down. And I, it was like the mental space opened up 
to rest, <laughs> but I couldn't do that until I started taking away these artificial rules that I had put on myself for reasons that I thought were self-improvement, but now I see were super insane. <laughs> 3 a.m. workout, yeah. That was a bit, that, I mean, truly, and, and now, like, today, uh, or, like, recently, I'll realize I've slept through the night and haven't even gotten up to pee, which is, like, woohoo, that's awesome, so that's a great improvement, but, like, now, you know, if I still wake up, I still wake up pretty early, um, but it's not, like, compulse, so I would wake up and be so, the cortisol and, like, the anxiousness, and I would wake up to pee, it'd be, like, two, and then I'd be, like, oh, I only have an hour left to sleep or whatever, and, like, if I wake up again, I might as well just be up for the day. And then it was just like, you know, your mind <laughs> is not right. Yeah. yeah, your mind is not right. I've been there. I'm pretty sure I've done like a two mile walk at 3 a.m. or something like that. So yeah, everyone's like, yeah, that's reasonable. Um, <laughs> Lily, you had your hand up. Oh, I like was thinking something and then it just, yeah, just never mind. <laughs> and that happens. Okay. That's fine. Well, who else? Like, what is the reason that you are so needing to be hyperproductive? Or what are you feeling when you need to be hyperproductive? Or do you not actually resonate at all and you're not that type of person and you're just like sitting in this call like y'all are weird. There's definitely none of those people. Caitlin. Um, yeah, no, I very much resonate with that. And there's probably so much to unpack about why I feel the need to always be productive from like success early on to being a woman in academia. You know, there's not to bring feminism into it, but there is a bit of a a need to you know out compete if you will your male colleagues um but I just want to piggyback on what Haley said earlier um about like you're always in the same space so there's no like divide between your work and your home kind of vibe um and if I could offer a bit of hope because what I've come to realize is that for those of us that are stuck in lockdown, like in Ontario now, you're not even like allowed to hang out with people in an outdoor setting. Um, is that when we were not in lockdown and you could actually like go out with friends for an evening, it's, I find it's much easier to actually be present and like not try to, well, you can't be productive because you're out. Whereas if you're home, you have to actively be choosing to prioritize something over work, but you could just like, on your computer and keep working so i i think that in the next year there's hope that we will be able to take more time for ourselves and actually completely disconnect from whatever we feel the need to be productive at yeah thank you definitely actually putting yourself in situations like that is really important, not just for this topic that we're talking about here, but social connection is extremely important just for being a human being uh, and COVID's not helping. So, you know, keeping in mind as well, a little bit of your crazy is not just you, um, definitely is, there are other contributors right now. And Emily said in the chat, which I liked, which was, um, you know, that being productive equals being good enough worthy and accepted by others and that we're told from early on that rest is a lazy thing to do which is negative and just makes you unworthy so and I had here uh parents written down and then circled to make sure that I bring it up because someone else also mentioned it I don't remember who it was but early on it was like uh your, your parents I think it was Marin maybe that um you know, what you see them doing and, and growing up, these things are being subconsciously instilled in us that like, you're a kid and it's okay right now, but later it's not okay. And any of you who like going to college was a huge focus or like doing really well at school was a huge focus for you and being academic. I feel like 
that was actually not not my life but I just imagine it was you know a, a high pressure thing to like grow up ASAP and not be wasting time on these kinds of things so just like unpacking where the hell does this thought or this idea even come from um helps you realize it's totally made up so just made up by people from by your parents and like we all know our parents don't know shit we're way smarter than our parents so why are we so held hold i resonate 100 i need my mom's approval for everything and i don't know why so she's a, like a huge reason why this all happened to me and she would be mortified to discover that because she's not even mean <laughs> oh, i have so many hands up uh Haley. i'm gonna make this quick because i already like talked but um yeah i just kind of like realized that my need to be productive comes from two things one my needs to like for some reason compare myself to other people's productivity especially being a woman um in a STEM field, I kind of feel like I have to go, you know, like the extra mile. And like, I always meet other um, undergrads who are kind of like, have done more than me. And I'm kind of like, well, maybe I should be doing more because some of them have like published research and like all this stuff. And I always feel like mentally the pandemic has been harder for me than it has for a lot of other people in my field. Um, so it's like also feeling like, well, they were that productive, even with like the world circumstances. So why haven't I been? And also my dad never, I just realized this when you brought up the parents, my dad never completed like a bachelor's degree. He never went to college. He completed high school. Um, and he has always made work his personality. He's always worked multiple jobs, odd jobs, like full-time over full-time. And when I was growing up, he kind of like would get annoyed when I was just like doing like silly kid stuff sometimes because he didn't necessarily like understand. So I think that he lost a lot of his like childhood creativity from a young age and just like didn't understand me growing up. So I think subconsciously I feel the need to be like working all the time. Mm, what an important thing to work through so that you don't put that onto a future child of your own. Yeah, that sounds rough. Emma? Yeah, I think um, it's just a huge cultural narrative and a narrative that has been ingrained in me from a really young age, literally getting praised for being productive and then that reinforced um, from a really young age over time at, at school. My dad would ask me the question every day, have you had a fruitful day? meaning have I been productive that was his daily question to me um, and it was really really praised getting good grades was praised working hard was praised um, my parents had to be doing stuff all the time um, and that's really how I um, you know and obviously love pay, pray, praise and that's really how I got worked got myself worth I suppose and so I thought that in order to be to matter to people or to be good enough or to be worthy enough I had to achieve things because I didn't feel like I was enough on my own and I don't think that's necessarily my fault because I think it was it was taught to me from such a young age um yeah so I think you know it's it, it's reinforced by society but also you know growing up through parents and you know peers and I think the comparison thing that Hayley mentioned is um is also, you know, definitely something that I've struggled with a lot. Um, there's always going to be someone that's done more than you, done better than you, worked harder, come from, come from more. So I think sometimes having to work really hard for me has been a lack of confidence in my own ability, um, and a kind of narrative that I've hold about held about myself of um, not being naturally talented, but having to work really, really hard in order to get somewhere in life so yeah oh yeah that's like my statement it's like I'm not talented enough to cruise through um and that that reminded me yeah and Haley, like you don't have to respond to this because I think it's relevant to everyone but when you compare yourself to others um oh they were so productive or they achieved that and blah blah we 
we have a really easy time not considering how it's negatively affected them to push themselves to that point. And the more I'm sure you guys have experienced now, like understanding HA and you're going through all of this, you see other girls now doing behaviors that makes you go like, hmm, hmm. Like, I wonder if this is, if this person's on the right path or not. And it just makes you wonder. So yeah, when you find yourself comparing to their success, don't necessarily judge that they have some shit going on, but you certainly can't assume that they don't. And that's helpful for me. It's one thing for me to succeed, but you know, others must also fail. So Melissa. So I kind of had the opposite. So my dad is like extremely productive person, but my mom is not. And I feel like my mom would make excuses a lot of times for like not being physically active or whatever. And it would kind of bother my dad. And so because I saw my mom being more lazy and not really getting anywhere in life, like not that she didn't get anywhere, but she didn't get like, she wasn't like, she was just a mom. Like she never had a career any other identity besides a mom and so I was just like I didn't want that and so because mm. I didn't because I wanted an identity I've taken it way too far and tried to create an identity with my job and with fitness and eating and everything oh so. yeah fear yeah. of being like your parents can be people really either want to be or they want to be as far away as possible from that uh, yeah that's so real Katie yeah, so kind of going off Melissa, um, mine's a little bit different, like in that sense is both my parents were not very like on top of me, like you got to do this, you got to do that. And my brother was kind of the same way as them. And, you know, I do come from a family of illness, uh, especially like addiction. And um, my parents, like they weren't on me. So I wanted to do everything to be opposite. So I prided myself on doing really well in school, you know, and I was praised for it. Like I graduated college with a cumulative 4.0 GPA every semester, every time I got straight A's. And it was like, I turned to that and then I could control my food and my weight. And as I lost weight, you get praised for it. And it's like, you get praised for your grades, you get praised for losing weight. And it's like, okay. And then it keeps going. And then you're so, and everybody comes to you and they're like, oh, you're so different from your mom and your dad. And you know, you're, you achieve so much. And like, where does it come from? We don't know. And my parents would always say to me, we don't know where you come from. And it's just, you know, then it gets in your head and you're like, okay, I can keep going with this. And then kind of like addiction, you go at like, it's not like alcohol, it's not drugs, but it's like weight and food. And it's just as detrimental and you don't realize it then. And it just, it just, it culminates and it just spirals until you think you have control of it, but it has control of you and wanting to be completely different than your surroundings kind of takes its toll. I love that. That's all true. Everything everyone's saying is like really true and completely relatable. And I actually didn't expect it to go necessarily down this route, but I'm really excited that it did. Anna. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say that I think it's, um, it also depends uh, with whom you're surrounding yourself. So I'm spending a lot of time with a friend um, and he he's also not very productive and I don't know, we always talk about it and we're, we're okay with it and yeah, I think that makes me feel better and like we share that um just uh enjoying free time and doing nothing just resting yeah having someone doing it with you is really helpful yeah yeah the whole being alone thing is like the worst part so having anyone on your side like that is awesome sorry if my internet's breaking up i think it might be cool um, and then was there anyone else? Now there's some hands up, Ashley. Um, yeah, so just like, just a thought to round this all out um, was I was listening to Brene Brown, good old BB, Brene Brown, and she was talking about, and it was a, a Dare to Lead podcast. And it was talking about this productivity and how it's found in the work 
workplace and how it's encouraged in the workplace. And you can obviously see it trickle down everywhere else. But she was talking about how whenever we operate out of scarcity, meaning that like, you know, scarcity in our job, scarcity at work, scarcity at home, you know, like a scarcity of love at home or scarcity of recognition at work or a scarcity of all this, that like, that's when we start to tie, what did she say? It was so good here. I had to write it down because I was like, okay, HA right there said perceived value tied to performance. That is when we start to hustle for our worth. So literally operating out of scarcity of like, like there's not enough of me to be special. You know what I mean? Like, as in like, there's going to be a lack of ability to be recognized in my friend group and my family group and, you know, like at work. And then it leaves us with this hustling. And I thought it was just so good about the difference of like a scarcity mindset and, and like the opposite would be abundance, you know? Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I almost forgot to unmute myself. Um, I was kind of thinking about like this somewhat at work, I guess, last night. Um, and I'm trying to, so like I'm in a new job and it's just very stressful and there's a lot to do within like the time frame of being there. And there are some times that are really busy. And so I have to like um, kind of figure out like, here's a list, like, okay, I need to get all this done. How do I get all this done on time? Um, and I think I look around and I hear about people getting like, um, burnout so quickly in nursing and especially like during COVID. Um, but I was just thinking about like, okay, how do I make this something like a job where I'm not going to be stressed this? I mean, sometimes I'm going to be stressed, but like feeling this stressed all the time, like that's just not sustainable. Um, and sorry, I just like lost my train of thought. Um, but okay, yeah. So I realized that sometimes like when I'm so stressed and like worrying about getting everything done um, because like I'm worried about what other people are gonna think of me because I'm also new. I realized that like, I'm not behaving, I guess, how I'd want to be. Like I'm not as attentive to others and I'm a little more like, short and then I also realize like if I get to a point where I'm tired I might be like um less sociable or I like get angry really quickly and then like that's just not who I want to be and that's like not how I want people to see me so like I need to it's kind of like yeah I don't know a balance of like trying to make sure I'm getting stuff done while not worrying about like how that I don't know how I'm perceived I don't know yeah. You don't have to know. It's yeah. really hard. And you'll notice like barely any of us have come in here with solutions today, right? It's like um I it's all in it's all in our minds for the most part, mixed with how life is made up and we're in jobs that are demanding and it's not actually set up for how we're truly supposed to function and there's not a lot that we can do about our stressful jobs, unfortunately, you know, short of quitting them. And that's not something that you guys wanna do. You've worked really hard. But being aware of those other little areas where you're letting that ambition seep in really seems to be a theme here. Like if you're, you know, super academic and that's your goal and you're studying for that, you know, where are the opportunities where you can, draw a line in the sand right and that might be this need to clean the kitchen right now after a long long ass day you need to start choosing yourself that's just like a hard line in the sand is that you really need to start choosing yourself and so like write out a list of priorities right if work is a priority i get it something else needs to drop you you can't do all of it none of us are that good so just take some time to think about it and sit with that and be with that. And you don't have to make any decisions today, but it's important. Um, and just piggybacking last thing off something that Liv had said earlier about, you know, death <laughs> is kind of a morbid thing, but 
I don't know how many of you have actually been in a situation where you've been faced with mortality or even the mortality of someone that you love. Even just the slightest bit of it is terrifying and it completely opens up and changes your perspective, even if it's just temporary. And it just makes you sit back and go like, oh shit, this ends. Like all of this ends. And this is all so random. So just please remember that you don't get a hundred million quadrillion chances and days and months in your life. And y'all just need to be choosing yourself, choosing yourself. And if that means choosing your career and not choosing the kitchen or choosing a social event and not choosing something else, I don't know. Caitlin, I know you know what's up. She's like, I have to get be number one in the class. Like, do you need to be number one in the class? Or can you just like pass the class? So only you know the answer to that, but this is like big shit for us. And I know it's so weird, like this is a hormonal issue and like, why don't I have my period? But it, it's really very related. So that's today's words for you. I hope that this was helpful hearing everyone else is in the same situation. I hope you have a really good day. I hope you go and do something super productive and let us know how it goes. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find their podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.